Money Catcher Leadership Podcast brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Hey, everybody, here we are once again back on the podcast. So glad that you're joining us. We are now in part three of this four-part series talking with Jenny Katrin about the four dimensions of extraordinary leadership. Last episode, we talked about leading through the dimensions of heart and of soul, and it was so good. This week, we're going to jump right in because I know those of you who are very mind strong are saying, get past the fluff, let's get into it. (laughs) So I'm going to jump right in, Jenny, because I know that's what you want to do right now, too. Tell us about somebody who leads out of the dimension of the mind. Go. Go, 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 go. This is my fun one. Like, this is my favorite. No, I. this is my natural dimension. But I have learned to love them all and see the beauty of them all. But this one does come most naturally to me. So when we're leading from the mind, this is the strategic part of leadership, right? And this yeah. is probably... For most of us in a leadership in a working environment, this is the one we've been taught is important or we're taught this is where we have to succeed to survive, right? You know, like, okay, so you got to be able to build that strategic plan and you got to make things happen. You got to get things done and you've got to leaders who learn to lead well in this dimension are often the ones that quickly get promoted because Mm. they just can be counted on to get stuff done. They're like the, you know, they're the machines who just make things happen. And we all love people who get stuff done on our teams. But they get promoted into positions of leadership. And then if they are lacking heart and soul, they quickly erode their influence because they don't have the emotional intelligence to lead well, right? They can build a plan all day. They can make things happen. They get promoted into positions of leadership. And then they're kind of ill-equipped because they're a little bit deficit in some of the others. That's not always true. That's kind of true from my journey as a young leader, as we've talked about in some of the previous (laughs) episodes, right? So when we're leading from our mind, there's some real beauty to this, right? I mean, it is remarkable what God has equipped our minds to do. I totally geek out on neuroscience, right? Of just like the way- Me too. It's so fascinating, isn't it? I love it, I love it, yeah. Here's, I love it in that you can constantly be rewiring your brain. You can constantly be rebuilding those neural pathways. So it's like, again, so hopeful in that wherever you're stuck, there's an opportunity to grow. Like God has just designed our minds so brilliantly. So, you know, it is the seat of intellectual activity. It's where we deliberate, we process, we reflect, we ponder, we remember, you know, there's just that activity of our mind. It's, and it's where we find clarity. And here's, what's fun about this Trey. It is where God imparts wisdom. So Mm. when we're in the soul dimension, we're praying for wisdom that wisdom for, you know, insight that's beyond our experience, you know, because we're in over our head as a leader and, you know, but God imparts the wisdom to our mind. So, and you start Mm. to see how these four dimensions connect, right? Come on, Jenny. Right. (laughs) That's so good. It's the great commandment. It's God's scripture. It's like, it's not, I mean, it's me just kind of extracting it going, he designed it to work together. And I think the best of our leadership emerges when we see that and we see the beauty of how all of these pieces work together. So it's where God imparts wisdom. And then we have a responsibility to do something with it. So it is the strategic planning. It is the financial management. It is reviewing the data to help us make healthy and good decisions organizationally. It's that setting the agenda and keeping us accountable and helping us moving forward towards those objectives that we've set because we have a real passion for the mission of the organization that we're leading or serving in. The mind is kind of what takes the leader's instincts and inspiration 
and puts it into action. It's the get it done part of, of leadership. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so, okay. So here's, here's my question. I can't remember exactly where mine landed for me in my assessment. Mm-hmm. I remember, so a lot of people don't know this, but I, I spent 10 years as a firefighter uh-huh. uh, in the metro Atlanta area. And I remember I had been on for maybe four or five years and I was invited into a meeting where there were going to be a lot of decisions that were made. Uh, it was, you know, some of the kind of the major like division chiefs and some battalion chiefs and right. the chief of the department was there. And here I am, little old firefighter Trey, who they, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know why, valued my voice in things. I remember sitting in this meeting just for the first time thinking, you know, you mentioned the intellectual part and the decision making and the strategic and the instinct. I realized in that moment, I had none of those things that I trusted. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mostly sat quiet in the room because the first time that I spoke up, every eye in the room, there were probably 15 of us in the room, every eye in the room (laughs) on me. And suddenly I heard my own voice (laughs) in this quiet room as all these powerhouse chiefs were listening to what what I had to say. And I didn't say anything else for the rest of the time. So for somebody like me in that situation, sure. where there's maybe an insecurity in, sure. in the strategic part yep. of how we yep. execute our leadership, yeah. how do we develop that so that we can feel like we can walk confidently in our leadership when we're surrounded by other people who are much stronger in that? Ah, uh, that's really good. So first, thanks for sharing that story because I'm sure t- so many people can relate to that because we've all been in there. And I think actually those rooms and, and environments are really good for us too, yes. to not be the smartest person in the room and to to be stretched in our thinking and so forth. I appreciate the story and it gives us good perspective of, you know, we will find ourselves from time to time in different places. And I think the first thing I would tell you is, Hey, don't diminish the fact that you, as a, somebody who leads naturally from heart, probably saw something differently than the rest of those leaders in that room did. Good. And this Good. is where, again, as you start to take the four dimensions framework and you start looking at across your teams, you want people who bring different strengths of each of these dimensions. My guess is you probably held back on some things because you had a predominantly mindful group of leaders in the room yes. who were all thinking strategic. So you felt like the outlier is the heart person you were probably seeing some relational things that needed more attention, but you were terrified to speak up because you were outnumbered by all the... Exactly. uh, Right? So it is important that you recognize that that dimension that is more naturally, you know, dominant for you, that you realize that that's a gift you bring to the team. We don't want to diminish that. At the same time, it's back to the, it is in us. So how do we, to answer your question, how do we develop that confidence to be able to sit at those tables and feel, you know, feel comfortable contributing there. When I encourage people in all of the dimensions is again, seek out somebody who is strong in that and knowing your context to know, for example, uh, I'm working with a client right now that is one is a larger organization than we've ever worked with before. And so when I'm, we're helping them with culture, but I need to understand their business. And so they're talking about P&Ls and things that are at a scale we've never worked with before. I've never worked in an organization this large. And so, you know, I'm asking some good questions of this client that I'm working with to try to get a better understanding of their company and how it works and, you know, and make sure I understand. But then I'm going and doing my homework. I'm taking a few notes of the places where I felt a little insecure. And I was like, I think I understood what he was talking about right there, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to go find somebody who, you know, speaks finance better than I do and give me a little more insight into their P&Ls and how they work. You know, I'm going to go 
you know, do some reading and research and so forth. So my biggest encouragement there is, you know, depending on your context, wherever you find yourself feeling a little deficient, you know, in a room when it comes to some of the strategic stuff, just take note of that topic or that subject and either seek Mm -hmm. out a, a mentor, find a good book on it, and just lean into growth. Because, you know, that's the beauty of our minds is they learn and they grow. And so find a resource. It could be a podcast and use a resource that works well for you. If you like to read, read. If you listen well to podcasts and that works for you, finding a mentor or somebody who's experienced in that topic who would just kind of give you a little like little one-on-one coaching, just don't shy away from it. Lean into it to learn it because you'll feel more confident when you understand it better. And sometimes in those situations, it's a sidebar conversation with one of the people on the team to say, hey, I know that. I really should understand these financial reports a little bit better. And so you might be talking to the CFO or director of finance that was at the table, but you might go do a sidebar with them to say, hey, could you take 30 minutes and just kind of help me understand this report just a little bit better? I promise you that the CFO of your company is going to be thrilled that you asked. Like yeah. they're going to be thrilled that you you just want to understand it a little bit better so you can contribute more effectively in the room. And that's that posture of humility, right? Mm-hmm. Back in our soul leadership of yeah. like <laughs> just just saying, hey, I'm gonna humble myself here. It's okay that I don't that this is not as strong for me, but it's not an excuse to not seek to grow in it enough to be able to sit confidently at the table. Yeah. That could be one of the best things that we take away from this. Mm. is the thought that in any of these dimensions, heart, soul, yes. mind, or strength, yep. to first recognize about ourselves, I'm not as strong here, but then also yep. to be able to admit it and say, it's just a self-awareness. You know, yep. As you said, humility of being able to say, okay, this is something I'm not as strong in, uh, because I think where we get ourselves in trouble as leaders is thinking, I have to have all the answers. I have to know what I'm talking about. I have to put forth my best. Yes. And if I show them any weakness at all, if I show them anything that I don't know, then I could lose the job or I could lose the contract or I could, you know, whatever. Yep. And, and as you said, I think it lends toward, hey, this person's human. Yep. There's something that I can help them with. And now we've developed a partnership because we're working together on this rather than this person just being the end all savior to every answer that, you know, bringing every answer that, we, that we're trying to figure out. Yep. That's, That's really, good. really good, which I think makes us all stronger when For we sure. can do that. And that is the fourth dimension of extraordinary leadership. You like that segue? Perfect. (laughs) I like it. This is why you're good at this. How do we lead or what does it look like to lead out of the dimension of strength? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so here's how I frame this in this context, because obviously we can look at the word strength from a lot of different ways. But, you know, in the context of leadership, I'm looking at this from the perspective that we provide strength for our team when we understand the power of vision. And, you know, again, without vision, people perish, right? We know that from scripture and we've all experienced that this past year because most of our like strategies and even our vision got pretty wobbly because we were like, what are we even doing? 2020 vision has gone out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you not think that God is just chuckling about that? that We all had these grand (laughs) 2020 visions and they were completely (laughs) obliterated. Nope. (laughs) But, you know, here's the thing we do as leaders, and and this is what happened for us at Foresight very early on last year, is that, yes, we had a grand vision and direction of what we wanted to accomplish for the year. And when all of that got really shaky, because we were like, are we even going to, how do we even do the things that we do? The settling back into a deep sense of purpose. So even when I say leaders provide strength for their teams, when they help us see the vision. 
it's also a sense of purpose. So, you know, for us at Foresight, when everything kind of went sideways back in March, it was, hey, why do we do what we do? Our purpose is to cultivate healthy leaders to lead thriving teams. That is our purpose. And that is what we've got to anchor ourselves back to. Now, how we do it might have to be adjusted. So the specific strategy, that's the mind dimension, might have to be adjusted. But here's our purpose. The vision Mm -hmm. still is to invest and develop leaders and help them lead well and lead their teams well. That is what we're about. And so as leaders, when we're leading from strength, we are keeping that front and center. We are helping everybody feel anchored to that sense of purpose that helps provide clarity for what we're going to do or how we're going to do it. And that's how we provide strength as a leader. I think we can all probably reflect on different seasons where maybe you were following a leader who just had a pretty fuzzy vision, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was like, they just seemed a little like they were waffling and, you know, it wasn't very clear what we were doing or why we were doing it. And you quickly lose some hope, you know, in that Mm -hmm. kind of environment. And so it's really important for leaders at all levels, right? Like most senior leaders are setting the vision and that core purpose for the organization as a whole. But at every level as a leader, you are helping reflect that vision to your team. And so you've got to deeply internalize that and believe that and help connect those dots. Patrick Lencioni would say, be the chief reminding officer, right? Like Mm -hmm. every day, remind people of the vision and why it matters and how their work is connected to it. And when we do that, we provide a level of strength for our teams that helps them to continue to move forward. Yeah, you know, that's so good. I think uh, I had a friend who, who told me a couple of years ago, and this is kind of more of a personal journey for me, but I think it applies to organizational leadership or just leadership and any influence that you have, that it can be very tiring to say the same thing over and over again. For sure. I think in leadership, and I think any leader who's been doing it for a while will, will understand this is that there will be things that you start to say at the beginning of a year. And you'll say, hey, this is what we're about. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to execute it. Yeah. And then you'll continue to say it and say it and say it and say it. And then about a year and a half later, you'll see somebody else. One person will pop up, pop up and say, but this is what we're about. And you'll say, finally. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Finally, you guys are starting to get it. I think yeah. it takes that long sometimes. It does. And, and and here's the danger for us as leaders, especially if you're strong in strength, if you're very mm-hmm. visionary, we've got a new vision every day. You know, like right. so strength is my secondary. I'm high mind and strength follows. This is another one that comes pretty naturally to me. So, and you you've probably already experienced this from me when I said, Hey Trey, I want to do a four-part mini-series on four dimensions. Can you make that happen this week? And of course, the Enneagram three and me is just like, absolutely. absolutely. I don't care if there's anything else going on. We're gonna make it happen. Let's go. <laughs> This is where we could be bad for one another. um, For right now, it's working great. That's the danger for visionary leaders. You know, when we're trying to lead from strength, if we've got to be conscientious of, yes, the vision, those ideas, those things that give people a sense of purpose and excitement are really important. But just like you said, the reminding of that, the like staying tethered to it, staying connected Mm -hmm. to it, because you're exactly right. Until they are repeating you and almost making fun of you for, you know, that drum you've been beating over and over and over on, you know, the goal or the purpose or the thing that we're working on until they're like regurgitating that to you, it hasn't connected all the way through. And that's the discipline part of this dimension for leaders is making sure that we're staying with a vision and we're leading through the pace of that vision at a rate that the team can stand. 
right? That we're going at a pace that they can come with us. And that's the yeah. real beauty of leading with strength. You said a dirty word just now. Um, you said discipline. Uh-huh. And I think that that is kind of a common thread throughout probably all four of these. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Is the necessity to be very disciplined in the pursuit of growing in each one of the dimensions. Mm-hmm. But I think specifically for the strength dimension, right? Uh, I think it's necessary to be super disciplined as the leader um, because, you know, we all know, or I hope we know as leaders, <laughs> this is a, it's a, it's constantly a growing thing for all of us is if we're going to accomplish anything, it requires us to be very disciplined to the point that it's mundane. Right. I, I'll, I'll butcher yes. the quote, and I don't even remember who said it recently that I heard say, heard say this, but it is this idea that he who wins, again, this is not how it was quoted, but this is how I interpret it. Interpret. He or she who wins is the one who gets really good at doing the boring stuff. Yes. Over and over and over and yep. over again. Yep. And so when you talk about yep. this idea of strength, leading from a place of strength and vision and clarity and purpose and mm-hmm. continuing just to tether yourself to that. That can be a very mundane thing. And I think that's part of what lends toward leaders who say, hey, leadership is lonely. Yeah. Maybe more so than any of the other dimensions. I think this is one of the biggest reasons why leadership can be very, very lonely. But it's also one of the most important things to just tie ourselves to and to keep going at. Yeah. Because as yeah. you said, without vision, you know, we'll, we'll perish. Yeah. So for the person who wants to grow in that, uh, what are some steps that somebody can take uh, to develop strength in their own? leadership of themselves and the own just monotony. Yes. Yep. 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 <laughs> and, and, but then also to convey that to uh, wherever they have influence, family, organization, et cetera. Yeah. So good. Great, great, like thoughts and application to this, you know, in developing in this dimension, it's a lot of what, you know, you just talked about of just even the, the awareness of that sense of discipline. You know, I often tell people you've got to be patient and persistent. Like when you're leading with strength, when you're leading towards a vision, you've got to be patient and yet persistent. So patiently stay with that thing. What is that vision? What is that sense of purpose that God has put on your heart that you feel like you've got to lead your team through? You've got to patiently and with discipline stay after it and consistently stay after it. Because we often will get distracted and be like, oh, new idea, new thing. I want to go do the next thing. And, you know, and just that recognition that we need to be really committed to the long haul as a leader. Nothing happens overnight. And we all think it does. And social media would tell us that it does, but it doesn't. The faithfulness and longevity is really key for leaders to understand. I often just say, have the courage and conviction, right? The courage to have that bold sense of vision and direction, but the conviction to stay the course. So there's kind of like these tensions we're balancing, right? That patience and persistence, that courage and conviction to stay with it, to stay committed to it. And again, like we've said in other things, some of that is going to just be continued growing awareness. And and I love what you said about this might be the loneliest. Uh, Leadership is lonely. I think sometimes people try to say that leadership isn't lonely. It is lonely, especially. it (laughs) it, it, It is, it is. But here's the thing. It shouldn't be isolating. Because you, we have a choice over that. We have a choice over whether we're going to be isolated as leaders, right? And that's so dangerous. So it is lonely. You're having to bear the weight and the burden of things that your team shouldn't have to bear the weight of because that's why you're the leader. Again, why leadership is all about others, not about our own glory or success. It's a decision to take on and bear the weight and bear the responsibility so that we can make the way easier for the people that we get to lead. 
right? We're supposed to carry disproportionate weight if we're in a position of leadership. Um, so it is lonely, but it shouldn't be isolating. So having those people that you can connect with who will help tether you back to that sense of purpose or vision, like when you're getting a little shaky as a leader, because you're like, this is taking time. I'm trying to be patient and persistent. I'm trying to have the courage and conviction, but this is getting hard. <laughs> who are you talking to, right? Like who are those safe places for you to process with? Could be a good counselor, could be your spouse, could be a really good friend, should be somebody outside of your organization. Where are those places where you can really process and have, have wise voices who are helping just remind you of what's true? Uh, there's three questions sometimes when I find myself feeling a little shaky in this of like, what's right? what's true, and what can I do? And I'll just mm. journal the quest, those answers, right? What's right, what's true, and what can I do? Yeah. And uh, sometimes that settles me. And always having those trusted voices that you can lean into is really key, especially in this dimension, I would say. Yeah, yeah that's so good to surround yourself with great people. I have a tendency in my own leadership, uh, just in life in general, to think, oh, I can do it, I can do it, I don't need anybody else. And I'll go, uh, you know, this is going to complicate it to bring other people in. Yeah. But the times that I've learned, and really I've learned this lesson a lot in the past two or three years, the times when I've learned and actually executed on surrounding myself with others who can speak into the scenario. That's good. You know, obviously the right people. Right. Yep. Yeah. We got to be discerning in that. Absolutely. When I've done that, the productivity has grown, yep. the uh, effectiveness of my own leadership has yep. grown. And the, the result and the outcome has always been a much better one than if I just tried to do it all That's by good. myself. So yeah. um, those are really, really good. Those are the four dimensions. Uh, if you missed the first two, when we talked about heart and soul, make sure you go back and check out episode two of this four-part series. We've got one more part coming up and we want you to jump right to it. We're actually going to go a little bit deeper because all of this is great theoretically. Great, great stuff. But I want to get a little more practical and maybe just think through some scenarios of, of how you can actually apply these different dimensions. So those of you listening, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in episode four. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.